Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. We are here. We're back in the office after we had an amazing event last week at Future of Supply Chain in Cleveland, Ohio, where you got to hear from two of our special guests, Charles of Halliburton and, of course, Andrew at L'Oreal, where we talked about what is the value of multimodal data, but also what's the power of index link contracts. Very exciting. And Tony, you got to join me uh, for our discussion with L'Oreal. Yeah, I mean, that one was great. Let's see, Andrew a lot of powerful insights on how they're leveraging data to just make advances, right? I mean, he talked about it, like service is like their number one thing, mm -hmm. like component, and right? Yep. Like very important. They basically rate it like service cost and then like the ESG initiatives, like that kind of falls yep. third. But I mean, you think about it. it makes sense. Makes sense overall, right? Yeah. How do they make money? By products getting on the shelves. Well, I guess not on the shelf, nobody can buy it. Exactly. So that's where the service component came in. Yes. And and I think that was a part he highlighted great and, and mentioned. And then you you kind of trial this pilot, the index link contracts and see, yeah. hey, we might pay you a premium to what the market says, but we expect the elite service. The thing too, that it, it makes a lot of sense in their world too, when you bring up service, right? You know, products have to get on the shelf. In their world, right? They, they are in the cosmetics world, mm -hmm. it's fairly high margin. Yep. It's fairly high margin. So anytime something isn't on the shelf, you're missing out on a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's that opportunity cost. Yeah. I mean, if it's there, if it's not. And ultimately, I mean, when you really think about it, it's, they, they, self, they face the same challenges that other CPG companies that maybe aren't in the cosmetics or health and beauty space face. Right. With service, it's not easy. They're big. They're managing what millions and millions and millions of freight spend. Yeah. I mean, it, you think about how difficult it is to manage that, especially in a time, not right now. I mean, right now, we, like he alluded to, it's requiring that service is relatively easy, yeah. but it gets more difficult when the market shifts and how the market was the past couple of years. So, I mean, I think. If you haven't seen that episode yet, I'd go back and check it out because it, he provided a lot of good insights around how, from a shipper's perspective, how the data, one, has changed because of ex experience yeah. in the industry and how going from, I mean, he was on the 3PL side for a while and now shifting to the shipper's perspective, how they use the data is very different. But I mean, ultimately, it's still important in their day to day. Very important in their day to day. Very important. And one thing he, he mentioned, he highlighted multiple times, and I think this is true. It's great advice for anybody that's in, not in just the, the logistics and the supply chain world, but really anywhere in, in the world, you know, as he said, don't let a good disaster go to waste. Yeah. And, and what he meant by that was, you know, we just came out of COVID and there's different disasters that happen in different industries, <laughs> right? You know, maybe your industry is for whatever reason exposed to hurricanes, right? So, you know, that's a disaster, right? There's tons of disasters out there. So in his world, don't let a good disaster go to waste, meaning there's so much momentum behind supply chain. And he was making the point that it's, it's supply chain, it's logistics, it's our time, it's your time to get a seat at the table, <laughs> right? And, you know, you can use that momentum to say, hey, like, you know, this is something that's happened and, you know, the swings are becoming more and more violent in the industry. And that's, you know, that, that's, that's a great value add to say, we need change in an organization. Yeah. I mean, and he talked about his leadership, right? He's able to have conversations and now they're 
interested in those conversations, yeah. right? I mean, it's, and, and the, the other point he brought up a lot is not right or wrong, right? Is it right to do this or wrong to do this? Is it appropriate or inappropriate? And I think that's a, a good way to look at it because everybody talks about right and wrong, like this, if you want to call it shipper's revenge in a market like this, so, or carrier's revenge when the market's like it was throughout COVID, is it right? Or is it appropriate or inappropriate to change rates and, and how those discussions go? I think that's a, it's a different way of looking at it than maybe what is thought of. And I think the way he framed it in our conversation, it made sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. It made absolute sense. So very exciting to see that conversation. Hopefully we'll have more. Be sure to go online and you can get a catch up and a recap of all the different sessions, sessions from Future Supply Chain. A lot of great stuff that, that came there. One big announcement that we made and we're going to talk about this later in the show here today, is uh, we've launched our global ocean rate partnership. So now you'll be able to see, while a lot of folks know about FreightWaves from its ability to show real-time price reporting on you know trucking and even on intermodal, we're going to do the same thing for oceans. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. Not quite yet, but uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, but one thing I do want to highlight here today is we need to look at the diesel truck stop uh, price. So the price of diesel, it's been going, it's been going down and going down at a big pace, Tony. Look at that. Look at that chart right there. Yeah. I mean, it's down to $3 and 92 cents a gallon. I mean, you're talking what a 33% decline from its peak. Sometimes I wish I could buy puts on like a Sonar chart. Like that's what I think that's what we need to like change this. We need people to be able to buy calls or shorts. Yeah. I mean, one of the interesting things, I look at this chart and I look back I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Kind of. That's fine. Continue. Uh, hey, not financial advice. Remember that? <laughs> Remember that, Luke? Uh, but I mean, I look at this and we're basically back to early 2020 levels right before yeah. Russia invaded Ukraine. If you look back 2020 or 2020, look back to 2021, we've been on this like steady increase. Diesel price has been on the rise. Like it wasn't just like Ukraine. The Russia yeah, Ukraine, Ukraine didn't really kick in until early 2022. And that's Diesel where it was shot up, right? Diesel was already on the rise. Yeah. So, I mean, right. if you drew, I mean, really below what the trend line prior to that Ukraine-Russia mm. pricing was, I think it would be beneficial to get it back. I mean, you look back, I look even further over, right, 2019-2018, where it was right around $3 a gallon. I mean, that's 90 cents. I mean, that's still a relatively, we're talking what? down to dollar ninety one in a little over a year. So I mean you're still talking another seven months to get back to three dollars a gallon and the decline's gonna slow down. It is remarkable to me how long diesel was below what's that below two eighty a gallon. Yeah. Right. It was I mean if you're looking at the chart like in twenty twenty obviously COVID hit and all that stuff, right? And then drove prices down to what's that like two sixty a gallon or something ridiculous. It stayed there for Seven months yeah. before it came up. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. I, that is so remarkable to me on this chart. And I think it goes in, I mean, if you think about what one of the main drivers of diesel demand being truckload demand, it took a reaction in the truckload market yeah. to see prices, upper pressure on prices, right? You saw the main, if you look, it really starts kind of Q4. Yeah. In Q4, I mean, we were coming out of mm -hmm. July. It was really when out of coming out of COVID, you saw an increase in uh, freight demand. And by the time it crossed over, like 
really 2019 levels going to where it ended up in 2021, 2022. I mean, you start looking fourth quarter, it, it makes sense that that's where demand for, for trucks really picked up yeah. and station owners were like, Hey, let's, let's bump our prices up a little. So Tony, it's time for crystal ball. Where, how low do you think, cause this has been falling consistently for the last 18 months. Where's the floor? It's, I think this is the hardest part to see because if you think about it, the rack price, that wholesale price is yeah. really what drives the retail location price and the spread sure. between the two. And the rack price has been really volatile. And I think that's, it's hard to kind of adjust or figure out where the rack price is headed. Because I mean, you could have 10, 15 swing, cent swings overnight. And if you, I mean, if you would have told me, I mean, even back 2021, 2020, early 2022, uh, between a dollar and a dollar and 20 cents, let's say that was where that kind of comfort level for station owners where they would hold it steady. It's very similar to where it was in 2018, about a dollar to a dollar and 20 cents. The retail was over the wholesale price. Well, right now it's at a dollar 30 plus, I mean, dollar 33, dollar 40. So, I mean, you're talking that's going to come down about 10 cents, but you need the rack price to kind of find a, a leveling off spot too, because the volatility in the rack price, it can change that spread from a dollar forty to a dollar twenty-five, and the station owners are like, "Hey, we're concerned. Let's let's keep our prices a little higher." So I think there's room for it to decline a little further, uh, but I think it's ultimately going to stem from where does the rack price go, uh, and how does the volatility in the rack price play out over the coming really the coming months, right? I mean, we're kind of coming, if you think about 4th of July, really ends that big summer shipping season, right? The That period from Memorial Day to July 4th, we're kind of coming out of that, right? Next Tuesday's 4th of July. So the tent demand really is at its strongest for diesel. So like what happens in August and September when that demand's traditionally not as strong because uh, i mean if you think about how freight demand works those are the two two of the softer months uh coming off of yeah the end of q2 in the summer ahead of the fourth quarter and the freight markets buy the most amount of diesel 25 percent of it i believe yeah this comes from the freight market it's a dead yeah, diesel demand. yeah exactly so i mean it's a major component it's the second largest expense at truckload carriers right yeah. behind labor so and it's in it's a, most trains run on diesel yep right i mean even even a lot of ocean ships a lot of those ships now run on diesel so yeah so i mean it's one of those things the yeah how you, as we pass kind of it's hard to say peak season but i mean like a stronger period traditionally for freight you're moving into what is typically a little softer period for freight demand what does that do to diesel demand yes so i think there's room for this to continue to decline but ultimately it's going to be on the rack price uh, that wholesale price is going to find a little stability and not be near as volatile as it has been in in the past few months so we can expect another little bit more softening potentially another Hopefully. 10 maybe 20 cents a mile after that it's kind of anybody's guess yeah. A gallon. I'm not going a mile. When you break it down a mile, it gets a little more fuzzy. A gallon. Thanks. Yes. Excuse me. So, but uh, make makes sense. It'll be interesting to see. We'll keep an update on it. We'll keep you guys updated. But it doesn't move very fast either. It doesn't like, move very fast. That's right. Yeah, it's taking 18 months to fall 33 percent. Rates took. 
18 minutes. Yeah, it feels that way. So, I mean, it's, well, there, it's relief for a, from a driver perspective, right? especially an owner-operator where we've seen spot rates kind of find some stability and this has fallen. It helps them ultimately, but they would like to see it fall a lot faster than Absolutely. what it is. But yeah, especially the, yeah, the spot carriers, especially although the, the big guys, they probably, they probably like the spread between uh, rack and uh, retail for quite sure. a bit. Um, good. Very helpful there. So def- definitely interesting. We'll keep an eye on the fuel price to see where that goes, potentially some further downward pressure on that. Um, let's go ahead here. I do want to look at, uh, the spread between truckload, uh, spot and contract rates. Cause we've been looking at this. This is, this is a chart we we've kept eyes on. We haven't looked at it in a few weeks though. Um, so this, this is one that remember the question is asked, you know, how low does the market go? Right. We've seen spot rates come up slightly underlined words slightly. Yeah. Um, barely a, barely a hiccup, but I guess you can technically say they're off their bottom. Contract rates, on the other hand, continuing to fall, which we expect it, especially, we, and we expect those to continue to fall actually at a pretty decent clip from now, at least through August, because that's typically when the contract rates really started falling to begin with. So this chart here, I think, really outlines where we are. There's a 57 cents gap in spot line haul to contract. Um, traditionally, it's, you know, about 20 cents. Yeah, 20 to 25. I mean, that's, you're talking pre-pandemic when... Really, spot rates are on the floor too, right? For reference, if anybody's looking at this chart, the red lot, when it's red, that means spot rates are below contract. When it's green, spot rates are above contract. Yeah, so obviously twenty, the end of 2020 and throughout 2021 and early 2022, there was upward pressure on contract rates. That's why you didn't see contract rates really peak out until early 2022, right? right. When, until spot rates really started to fall. And then the rate at which spot rates declined is the reason this thing went from what, 45 cents, basically in the end of Q4. And by this time last year, it was negative 75 cents, right? So you're talking what, a hundred, a dollar and 10 cents swing, basically. Big, big money. Yeah. I mean, it is when you're talking that this is on a per mile basis. Yeah. Uh, Huge. So, and the discount, and that's why I think it's interesting. You, a lot of the things I have heard from shippers is they didn't necessarily go and play the spot market immediately, which is intriguing because you look at this and it's like, well, we're going to get arguably, we should be able to get the same service because rejection rates are on the floor. Like clearly there's too much capacity. We'll be able to find a truck and we're going to get, hopefully get it at a, what, 60 sit per mile discount to what we were paying we're paying on the contract side but you haven't seen that and i think part of that is shippers were in a place where they were kind of they they were struggling when that that number was ultimately positive right that they were the service they weren't they weren't getting service because carriers were playing the market Mm. but if a carrier serviced their customer during that period that relationship and the partnership between the two was fostered, I mean, and st- ultimately strengthened. And I think that's why you've maybe seen a little bit of a prolonged, not as much down. You haven't seen as contract rates necessarily move as fast as maybe what we thought or as early as we thought they might move, right? I mean, typically when you see this, when spot rates start to move, you get about 60 to 90 days before contract rates moved. It was closer to like 90 to 120 days before you started to see contract rates start to to move lower. 
And I think some of that is the shippers were protecting the capacity that they had because they didn't want they, and that may be the case overall. Like this number may stay lower than getting back to that average yeah. because they may be wanting to protect the capacity when the market does turn, right? So um, it's kind of this, like, there's a benefit to keeping the spread wide from a shipper's perspective, but there's also advantages that they can use, they can use this for, right? They could play in the spot market on occasion and not, and they're ultimately getting a discount versus paying a premium. Yeah. There's a lot of fear in the market still, a lot of about unknowns of, I keep hearing, when's the market going to flip? The market might flip. And quick is we don't expect it to flip this year, yeah. but who knows, next year is a whole other story, yeah. right? I mean, it's, you know, and, there, and part of the reason why we don't expect it to flip this year is we're still seeing imports remain very depressed. And, you know, as imports remain depressed, that's not going to stir up increased demand for ground transportation freight in the U.S. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as I think all the signals this year point towards if if we don't drop further, if nothing else, we're going to hang out here for a little while. Yeah. And that's I think that's the whole point that we've talked about. Mm. We talked a lot about it on this show. Yeah. Uh, in particular, is that just because we hit a bottom or around the bottom doesn't mean we go up from here, right? Like right. we are likely to stay like there's no indication that we go higher. Like we can stay at these levels. Like there's absolutely, there's a reason why we go up. We, we looked at the fuel a second ago, right? The the fuel hit a bottom at what? 250 a gallon diesel was at the retail pump for six, seven months. It didn't just bump right off the bottom. Exactly. It hung out there for a while. That's a long time. Yeah. We could be at this bottom for six months a year. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, when you look at, I think looking at spot rates is one of those things that's really interesting because if you go in and look over the past, I think it's 10 weeks, basically the second week in April till now, we've been in like a six cent range Yeah, outside of those two weeks in May where we saw the rate drop down to $2.10 a mile. Then it came back, right? You had, it was like there was almost a spear earlier in the month in May before road check week, you drop rates. And then they realized, hey, we can push our rates up because we have road check week end of month, Memorial Day, all within like a week and a half stretch. They pushed them up, but they pushed them back up to where they were in April. So it wasn't like they took that momentum and rode it through into June. So, yeah. and what's interesting is this is typically the best time to push rates up, right? You've got end of quarter on Friday. Friday. Yeah. July 4th on Tuesday. So there's the possibility that if you don't pick something up Friday, you may get a load on Monday, but then you have to may sit on that load till Wednesday. Yeah. So, or driver may come off the road on Friday and not be back on the road until next Wednesday, right? Yeah. So there, there's some this give and take that this is the time you'd think you'd see some upward pressure on rates. And what's wild is we've they seen haven't ten, moved. tender rejections have barely moved. They're at like 3.6%. Yeah, I mean, they've they've inched up, right? I mean, they're sure, up 100 basis points in a few weeks. But I mean, it's... Yeah, but... It's going to be meaningful. I was going to say, it's from an irrelevant number at this point. Yeah, so... so I think, by the way, do you have any uh, plans for uh, for the July? No. You don't have any? Not for the 4th. I, mean, I am headed to the lake the week after the 4th. Oh, all of a sudden got nothing to do. All of a sudden we're going to the lake, huh? Well, it's the weekend after the 4th. Yeah, it's not for the 4th. That's fair, that's fair. I, I feel like if you are, if you work in logistics, like you get two days off a year, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Otherwise, enjoy it. Um, I am taking off the week after, two weeks after the 4th. Me too. So, that'll be nice. 
two weeks. We can't do it at the same time, Tony. The people, the people need to know. The people yeah. need with sonar. I know. Okay. We'll, go, we'll, we'll figure this out. I know everybody here is freaking out, but like, we'll figure it out. Okay. We'll get something. If nothing else, maybe we'll just make Tanner do it. Tanner do it by himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, sure. That's love that. All right. He'll be fine. He's, uh, by the way, you should all follow Tanner on Twitter. Also, you can follow me. I started, you're giving with Sonar updates on TikTok. Um, I am, I'm one with the youth and um, with the hip and the new and all the stuff. So you should follow me on TikTok. Luke Velasco. Luke underscore Velasco. I'll let you be the social media guru, oh, which okay. is, it is not for me. Listen, I'm, a, I'm like, I got all, all the updates on TikTok. Uh, once, sometimes twice a day. So sometimes you get a, you know, you get a two for special. Anyways. We need to talk about one thing. So as we mentioned, Future Supply Chain was last week. We had a big update that came out. So the update, Global Ocean Marine. So everything that you do on the, we do on the trucking side, we more or less do now on the ocean side. And we do it very well. So we launched our Global Ocean. We, we've been tracking the Global Ocean markets from a supply and demand perspective now for a while, over a year. But we've now added pricing to that. So we've been working with some vendors there. We've got pricing data on over 3,000 port-to-port combinations. So very cool. Um, we can pull it up here. We don't need to show it for very long. I mean, that's just kind of a quick snippet. You select the country you're shipping to, uh, to and from, the port that you're shipping to and from, and it gives you everything you wanna see. I pulled up a couple of high-level overviews there. I think from shipping from Israel to New York, fun fact, uh, the price was up 190%. And over the last, the last uh, was it month? About, uh, yeah, month yeah, month. month, month. Otherwise, everything's down. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the one lane everybody's up. You're shipping there on the ocean side, everything else is down. Yeah, and I think that's a trend you see, right? This is great lane to lane. We were tracking it. I mean, if you start looking at what we were tracking before, right, it was more of a basket, right? Yeah. yeah. China to North American East or West yeah. Coast, Europe to, you know, North America East. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's a basket. It didn't give you like, how is pricing into the port of New York, New Jersey being yeah. affected by, because one, we can check supply dyna- demand dynamics yeah. into these ports. So now we can put the other component yeah. that the outcome of supply and exactly. demand, right? How is it's that impacting price. the price? How is that impacting the cost? Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's always, a, it goes back to economics 101, right? Supply and demand set the price. And now we have, we've had supply and demand. Yeah. Now we get the third, the outcome of those two. And I think it's important uh, because when you, I mean, you maybe could talk to this. When you talk to customers, like they're not all shipping out of the same, they don't ship the same lanes, right? Right. I mean, China can be a very different, like the cost or price of shipping from China to LA is different than the price of say Japan or Vietnam or India. Also, so, depends on where from China. Are you shipping out of Shanghai? Shanghai is going to be very different from Shanghai to LA versus if you're going from like, say, Hangzhou to Seattle. Yep. Very different environments there. Sometimes they align very closely and they're virtually the same. Not always. So it, it allows us to have a, a little bit more of a fi- you know, finite conversation around it. So very exciting there. A lot more updates to come around the ocean side. It's going to be a big investment here for Sonar as we go forward. Uh, so very excited to talk more about that on the show because there's a lot of people out there that are excited about it. You got freight forwarders. Most of these shippers are exposed to it, the financial world. So a lot happening there. Also, we got to talk about tomorrow. Two very important things happening tomorrow. First, the State of Freight webinar with Craig Fuller, our founder and CEO, and Zach Strickland, our head of market intelligence. Tune in for that. You can ask them questions, bring your questions at 2 p.m. Eastern time. 
going to be a great time. Register at FreightWaves.com under events. So again, that is the state of Freight Webinar. We do that once a month. Also happening tomorrow, very big deal. Oh goodness, what is it? Me. What are you doing? and you? We're gonna we have. We, what am I doing? We have the round, round table. table. Oh, okay. okay. So at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Freightways TV or TV.Freightways.com, you can come see moi and of course Tony and others on uh, Freightways now, and we will be reviewing and hosting a roundtable, a very exciting roundtable because we will be looking at some of our predictions from back in January and seeing how right I am and how wrong you are. Hey, uh, I'll give you all the credit in the world how right you are. I, I'm, we're just going to edit it to make sure it's accordingly. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm right or not. It's like, I'm going to be right now. <laughs> and heck, it might be, it might be your first, first time on Freightways now. Not my first time on Freightways now. My first, it's been, I've taken about a two year hiatus. Okay. So first time since we've done the rebrand yeah, of yeah, the show. Yeah. First time since we've done the rebrand. It's, it's been, actually it might be more than two years, to be honest. I was like back in, we don't need one of the OG. Anyways, folks, thanks for tuning in. That's all we have time for today on Wistoner. We will see you live next week, Wednesday, the day after the 4th of July. In the meantime, have a fantastic rest of your day. Remember tomorrow, Freightways Now, 10 a.m. We'll see you there.